Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I'm simply an actor. I have no mask on. And that's how I got into Juilliard. Please, please tell me you watched that again this week. Uh, no. I should have. You should have. You should just watch it every week and just deliver a different review. It'd be like your Jack and Jill idea, except, you know... For a short. Yeah, and more frequent. True. Uh, how so are you, I would friend? actually do it a lot more. Uh, I'm fine. Fine, fine, fine. Boy, what a week of of Netflix reviews. How are you? I'm just wonderful. And uh, if you're from my work and are possibly listening to this, I am absolutely 100% going to Pittsburgh on Wednesday. Uh, and if you're not from work and listening to this, uh, I am absolutely 100% staying home for six days. So I don't have to work for six days. It's going to be magical. A magical, magical time. Yeah. Well, you should stay home because there's a global pandemic. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing directly to enforce it, but I don't know. I guess you're like Pennsylvania is cracking down on uh people traveling across state lines mm-hmm. so which the my my original workaround was to just take my car which still has Pennsylvania plates and drive it to to Pittsburgh hey i i jokingly brought up the same thing while i was talking to my sister earlier yeah uh obviously i'm not going to do that because there's a global pandemic don't forget it's true uh i was i didn't want to be the asshole in that scenario, I did want to not go as soon as I heard about those restrictions, but I waited until my parents were like, okay, yeah, don't come. So that way I don't feel like an asshole. And now I don't feel like an asshole. No. Uh, I would prefer to have my mother stay alive so I can see her for Thanksgiving next year. So uh, it's just coming up with a, another date to go now. That's going to be the only thing. So it'll probably be, no, actually, I have no idea. Whenever your vaccine is done, we'll determine whenever that happens, uh, what the next steps are. But then again, we all know vaccines are built to distribute microchips into people's bloodstreams so that way the government can track you, uh, you know, and not through the mobile cellular device you have in your pocket at all times. Well, the vaccine has... A 5G chip in it that they're injecting into you so that they can control your mind. Mm. Okay. Well, I didn't know about that That added layer to it, so that I guess that makes sense as to why you wouldn't want a vaccine. I don't know. I don't really have anything else to talk about. There's nothing else. Yeah. I'm going to keep ordering Taco Bell. I don't. I, I get it like once every six months, but it's always delicious whenever I eat it. So, yeah. Uh, you know. It, yeah, ta- Taco Bell, big donation to the Trump campaign. But, I mean, we Chick-fil-A is basically like a religious organization in and of itself, and everyone's still like, yeah. eh, fuck it, who cares? The gays don't need yeah. that much rights. H- homophobia chicken. So, uh, I'll, I'll glad... I literally... The day before you you uh, revealed that to me and ruined my life, uh, I I went to eat Taco Bell, and it was uh, <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, I guess in a way, uh, you also donated to the Trump campaign. That's true, but uh, I feel like with most businesses that you go to, you're donating to some political campaign that you don't want to be a part of. So, uh, I think that's just the price of shopping in america so uh buy foreign fuck america (laughs) Uh, all right uh well 
the first segment on the show is called What's Your Swill? And we're going to do it right now. Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! Uh, what do you have, friendo? I have a gin and tonic. What do you have? Well, I asked Vanessa to uh, pick up some Modelo while she was at the grocery store. Uh, and she said they didn't have it. So I said, well, you know, just get, you know, something similar, something that's in that wheelhouse. Uh, so instead of listening to me, she got Killian's Irish Red. And that's <laughs> what I have. I'm like, ah, what Mexican beer she, could she have possibly gotten? Uh, it is red. It is pros- possibly Irish. Um, and it's fine. Okay. Okay, the next segment is the news segment. Oh, shit, it's mail time. It's, uh, it's n- keep knocking these out. It's power through. Yeah. Uh, this is tangentially related to Netflix. Um, it's about Disney Plus. They're, uh, Disney overall, as a company, uh, their profits are plummeting during the plague times. Uh, however, Disney Plus is the queer... Jesus, why can't I talk? <sighs> I'm sorry I said queer. It's fine. Uh, if you would have said queer-focused streaming service, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. It's a big turn from what Disney was doing years ago where they wouldn't have gay characters in anything, but I mean, good for them. Yeah, they still won't officially. But, uh, That's true. Hey, remember remember the big gay character in Avengers Endgame? How he had one whole line of, of dialogue saying, Hi, I'm a gay man? No. Oh. Uh, it was Joe Russo, I think. And he was in the Captain America meeting where he's like, I miss my husband. <laughs> because he got snapping. Uh, and every, I'm just like, so that's it? Cool representation. Huh. Well, now I guess that me misspeaking is staying in the show. I was trying to say that Disney Plus is a clear winner among non-Netflix streaming services and apparently can't enunciate. It's fine. I don't know. Do, do you care? Uh, not really. Their core business is failing. I guess Disney Plus is kind of propping them up. Yeah, their core business is a theme park. They are a theme park company, first and mm-hmm. foremost. That is where all of their revenue comes from. So that is why they're failing in profits. Despite how much yeah. content they put out, they make more money from theme parks than anything else. Which is also why they fucking tried so hard to stay open. Mm-hmm. Like, despite the fact that COVID was spreading through the park. You could literally see the virus jumping from person to person. <laughs> you could see Borat chasing it around with pots and pans, just smashing the virus. So, uh... Whatever. Uh, I still think all streaming services have ballooned. I want to see what the streaming landscape looks like whenever people stop having time to watch everything. Yeah. Uh, and where, where we shake out from there. Because I feel like we're hitting a <laughs> bubble at this point, and yeah. the bubble's going to pop. And we're going to. There, there's still going to be a clear winner and loser. I still think Netflix is going to be the number one after the bubble pops. Uh, but the fight for two and three, two and three and four, I guess, are going to be between HBO Max, Disney Plus, and Amazon Prime. HBO Max has been making some moves. We uh, let's talk about it now, then. I I, I know one that isn't going to be there, and it's Quibi. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a fucking global pandemic could fucking get people to sign up for Quibi. That's true. I wonder, has anybody purchased any Quibi content? I don't know. I remember, I think it was T-Mobile uh, started offering, like, a year of Quibi free with new contracts. Yes. And it was, they started offering that two days before Quibi shut down. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. <laughs> um. Yeah, speaking of HBO Max... Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is to release on HBO Max and in theaters simultaneously on December 25th. HBO Max viewers can stream with no additional purchase. Suck it, Mulan. Yeah. Um, does any... What... 
what is a Wonder Woman? What does a Wonder Woman do? Are there any uh, Wonder, Wonder Men? Men? Is anybody listening to me? Does anybody care about this? I do. Do you remember three years ago when they announced this movie was coming out to theaters soon? Oh, Caleb, don't you know? We're in the video game times now, where they announce things, and then they take 100 years to develop them, and then they keep delaying it and mm-hmm. delaying it. Oh, I'm sorry, that's just Cyberpunk 2077. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. I apologize. Hey, did you know that we're making a Moon Knight show slash movie? Uh, it'll come out in 2037. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I just don't know why anybody announces, is announcing projects at this point. Just, you have no idea what's fucking happening. Wait for the, the global yeah. pandemic to end and then determine what you're going to do with the project. Do what Netflix does. Announce things a week before they come out. Yeah. I mean, they announced them before then, but we pay attention to them a week before they come out mm-hmm. or you know the yeah. day they come out they they pr- they promote them right before they come out right oh I, i've never heard Which about the this only until now. the only thing that i can think of still as to like why they do that is cuz they don't want to step on their own dick and like take away hype from things that are coming out right now kind of i guess it's the only thing i can think of I don't know. They they've been promoting a lot of stuff recently that's coming out later. Like uh, Mank, they put a two lead, two month lead on Hillbilly Elegy was only like a one month lead. Uh, that Zendaya movie with John David Washington is like a two month lead. Uh, we're gonna talk about it later, but P- Pieces of Woman two month lead. So uh, it looks like it's about two months is how long they think a hype train can last, at least in terms of like Oscar content. I don't know why they're still trying to release things to theaters, except for the fact that, like, I guess every Hollywood production company is in bed with one or more theater chains, and so, like, they're artificially propping them up. Like, AMC is probably going to go out of business, like, completely before the pandemic ends, and I'm not sad about that <laughs> AMC kind of sucks sure uh i think it's that they want to continue to appear to be legitimate and they feel that legitimate movies still go to theaters uh although when they send legitimate oscar contender movies to theaters uh and there's no need to this year specifically because of covid uh it makes the rest of their content look like oh why am i even watching this in the first place so weird but yeah wonder woman i probably was never going to watch this in theaters and now i'm going to sit my ass on the couch on christmas day and watch wonder woman yeah it's probably what i'll do because uh probably not going home for that one either and i'm gonna mail people some presents so not even gonna do that my present is that i will not give them covid yeah and their present is that they will not give me covid so it all evens out. We're all square. All right. Uh, and for what seems like the first time forever, we're reporting on casting news. Uh, so Netflix has added Robert England, a uh, guy who played a janitor. Freddy Krueger himself. In in uh, Scream. I think that was Robert England, Or that might have been Wes Craven. I don't remember. It, yeah, it was. It was one of them. I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah. One of them did it. I uh, mean, yeah, because it's Wes Craven. So. Yeah. Uh, I only know that because of the Scream episode of Movie Reviews in 20Q, so uh, thank you to you guys. Uh, but uh, he's been cast in Season 4 of Stranger Things because, you know, Freddy was an 80s horror movie icon, so we have mm-hmm. to have the guy who played him in the 80s movie series. I don't know. I, um, I'm um, i excited. I, I like Robert England a lot. I th- It seems like a stunt cast, but also like a smart move. You know what I mean? I mean, Paul Reiser seemed like a, a stunt cast. That's true. But Paul Reiser, unironically, like, did add a good good amount to the show. Yeah. I liked his character quite a bit. Yeah, he added some complexity to the his whole thing. Of like, oh, we think everyone from the Hawkins lab is awful. And it's like, eh, not everybody from Hawkins lab is awful. So we'll see what Robert England yeah. does. 
There are other people I don't I don't give a fuck. I don't care about casting in general, but Robert Englund is notable enough that it I I hope that there's a plot line of him saving all of the Stranger Things kids from being burned in a furnace. Yeah, that'd be pretty great. Yeah. Let's be honest. Really turn it on his head. Or uh like save them from a sleep monster. I mean nothing will be as on the nose as the new Coke product placement. Smooth, yeah. refreshing, different. That was awful. <laughs> that was that was that was a moment in the series for Sweeter, sure. Bolder. Yeah. Season three was real good. <laughs> oh yeah. I still love season three. It's just that the new Coke product placement was uh, egregious at best. It was very tongue in cheek and uh intentional. Yes. But, you know, not good. Alright. Uh and that'll move us over into downstream, the segment where we talk about some trailers and a lot of trailers because netflix can't stop releasing shit baby i can't control the internet that's my favorite line because dan can't say no i mean Uh, the first thing is called alien worlds it is a series (laughs) applying the laws of life on earth to the rest of the galaxy this series blends science fact and fiction to imagine life on other planets Watch Alien Worlds only on Netflix December 2. It's, uh... I feel like I've seen this exact thing before. It's just a bunch of, like, fake CG aliens running around on Pandora. Mm-hmm. And, like, scientists talking about, like, well, well, aliens could be like this. Well, maybe they could be like this. Well, if there is more methane in the atmosphere, they could be like this. That is correct. That is exactly what this show is. Uh, I know one person who will be very excited about this. Uh, my mom. So here you go, mom. You can infuriate dad with this shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Looks, looks like a thing. I don't know. I wouldn't be... I wouldn't kill myself if I watched it. <laughs> Probably. Vanessa, put him to the test. <laughs> Alright, our next trailer is for... Tiny Pretty Things. It's a series, I think. I don't know. They didn't really uh, say anything, really. Uh, The project is in the vein of Black Swan meets Pretty Little Liars. When tragedy strikes... Yeah, that's the worst description. Yeah. Uh, When tragedy strikes at Chicago's most prestigious ballet school, where every dancer is both friend and foe who can compete for fear... who, who, Who compete fiercely for coveted roles. Just put... Who compete fiercely, whatever, I don't care. Uh, it threatens to unravel close friendships and expose a constellation, really? You can use that in this context? Of secrets that could bring down a world-renowned institution. Okay, words mean things. Wait, you can really use constellation like that? No, don't... Wait. Don't encourage them, Dan. No, hold on. We now have to look this up. You can you can use constellation to mean plethora, uh, a group or cluster of related things. Yeah, it's a web of lies. Okay, uh, Caleb, what do you think? It's all being a pack of lies. Uh, this looks like shit. <laughs> Give me another one. Uh, the next one is Pieces of a Woman from award-winning director Cornel Mundruzko Mundruzzo? Yes. Uh, parentheses. White God! I don't know if they're saying that he is the White God or that he worked on, uh, another project called White God. Uh, this, this is somebody who, uh, directly opposes Jim Carrey's Ace Ventura when nature calls. Uh, cool. <laughs> and executive producer Martin Scorsaza, Pieces of a Woman is a deeply personal, searing, and ultimately transcendent story of a woman uh, learning to live alongside her loss. Um, she was pregnant, and then she became not pregnant, uh, but didn't have a child after it. Correct. That's p- probably the worst way to explain that. Yeah. It's the basically a woman grieving through uh, the loss of her child that was supposed to come into the world. 
uh, in her own way because she's not like breaking down crying every three seconds. So obviously everyone's like, what's wrong with you? Uh, this looks, uh, I don't want to say fantastic, but uh, I've heard nothing but good things about Vanessa Kirby's performance. So I cannot wait to watch this. And I hate kids, so I have no attachment to this, I guess. See, I thought the same thing about private life. And, that, and you know, they're, they're, they're that family. There's they're this husband and wife combo who are like, we want to have kids in our, like, mid-40s. And I'm like, that's yeah. fucking stupid. Why would I ever watch this movie? And then I watched this movie, and I'm like, man, this to, was really touching. To be fair, um, it, it, this looks like it's an acting powerhouse movie. And, yes. like... In that respect, I I am interested in this. And also, to be fair, like, I don't think I really was that interested in Marriage Story the first time I saw a trailer for it, and I fucking love that movie, so. Yes. Well, story is a good story. worry your pretty little face, Corey, or Corey, Caleb, whoever you are. Uh, I'm like an old man. Uh, that is the main review topic, and because it comes out in January. So, mm-hmm. we actually have good things to watch in January. For once. For the first time ever. It's... Mm. What is what is happening? YouTube is so wild with its suggestions. Uh, apparently, related to Pieces of a Woman, it wants me to watch a trailer for uh, a live-action Tom and Jerry movie that apparently stars Hit Girl from Kick-Ass. Correct. Uh, that's a thing. Mm. Uh, I, I wish Oscar contention... Do people still... Was Do always still like care about Tom and Jerry. I mean, I care. I, I does used to anybody watch them. remember uh, Looney Tunes back in action? No, but everyone of remembers Space not. Jam. Of course not. <laughs> everyone remembers Space Jam, and that's like, aside from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the pinnacle of yeah. uh, live action alongside cartoon characters. Oh, um, you say pinnacle, but it's. It's Pinnacle. a very bad movie. Nope, it's tremendous. A very enjoyable. It's a very enjoyable movie. Best movie of all time. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Fuck you, Independence Are... Day. Space Jam, my new favorite of all time. Are they still moving ahead with uh, Space Jam Two? I mean, as far as I know, uh, LeBron James has slowly been getting been getting hair plugs to make himself not bald. So I would assume so. Oh man, uh, they probably had to do a bunch of reshoots. For the scenes that Kobe was supposed to be in, yikes! That do you remember this year when Kobe Bryant died? You remember how many other sad things happened that we forgot about because of the plague? Do you remember how long ago it was that Kobe Bryant died? Four hundred years ago. Yeah, this is the longest year of all time. Uh, <laughs> that'll move us on to our next trailer: Layla Everlasting, one marriage. Two Loves, Three Troubles, directed by Ezra K, parentheses, Aesop, Layla Everlasting, only on Netflix, December 4. Uh, this is about uh, a guy who wants to get divorced from his wife to get a hot, younger piece of ass, uh, but he can't get divorced, so he's trying to kill her and make her make it look like an accident. And hires a hitman, and she refuses to die. I guess. Yes. Uh, he he wants to fuck his marriage counselor because she's young and hot. Uh, so Paul's already infuriated by this trailer. Yeah, and uh, not much of a career trajectory for him. He's gonna, you know, fund the rest of her life, I guess, because she certainly won't won't be working. That's correct. Uh, I thought this looked actually funny this is a uh, looks yeah. like a fun foreign it's language a, it looks comedy. like a zany romp yeah uh t- terrible terrible people hilarious premise i might check this out yeah uh i hope that the twist at the end is that uh the husband dies and layla gets with the marriage counselor uh, uh i figured he was going to die anyway but now i definitely want to see an elderly woman get with a very hot young woman Yes. Uh, The next trailer is for The Ripper, uh, a true crime documentary that isn't about Jack the Ripper. It's about the Yorkshire Ripper, uh, who who? I guess... The Yorkshire Ripper. Who? 
Uh, yes. Kind of sounds like a Jack the Ripper copycat. He killed prostitutes in uh, England. Yes. Uh, 13 women were dead and the police seemed incapable of catching the killer. No one felt safe and every man was a suspect. It's a true crime documentary. So this isn't our speed, but if it's yours, go for it. Vanessa, tell me how it is, I guess. True. Our next trailer is The Surgeon's Cut. They're philosophers, storytellers, and pioneers in their field. Four surgeons reflect on their lives and professions in this inspiring docu-series. Watch The Surgeon's Cut, only on Netflix December 9th. Why? So you said December 2, I said December 4, and then this trailer has December 9th. Pick one. Pick one yeah, way some, to sometimes put they Sometimes they do the number with the modifier. Sometimes they just do the number. Uh, I want to see them spell it out on some of them. Because <laughs> you know they would. Uh, do you care? Eh, not my thing. Although, uh, I I like medical documentaries. Like I, I like the idea of them. Because sure. like, I, f- I feel like we should spend more time celebrating our doctors and our teachers and less time... Uh, glorifying uh the military and uh people who professionally kill okay that's just my hot take okay that's that's fair so uh, yeah i don't know i'd probably this this didn't really grab me not like something like uh like the white helmets or something like the white helmets was uh when i saw the trailer for that documentary i was like instantly into it so yes and then what was the other uh, medical one that we watched way Extremis. back? Extremis. Extremis. Yeah, that one was pretty good. This one, I'm sure it's good. Um, I just didn't really, didn't really want to watch it. That's fair. Sometimes the trailers don't work on me. <laughs> we'll see if this one did. It's called Giving Voice. Executive produced by Viola Davis and John Legend, Giving Voice follows students in the annual August Wilson monologue competition inspired by the late playwright. Uh, watch Giving Voice on ne- December 11, only on Netflix. Uh, this looks interesting. Yeah. It's just a bunch of people reading Spare, August yeah. Wilson monologues. I don't know. I don't have a lot of, like, direct input to add here. Because uh, I don't really, I'm not really familiar with August Wilson's work, but uh, I am only because he is a Pittsburgh playwright, and therefore everyone basically jizzed over the fact that he's a Pittsburgh playwright. We covered all of his shit basically in uh, high school, so I have actually read Fences yeah, okay. before, before the movie oh, came nice. out. Very cool. I um lived in a little little nowhere hick town, so whenever the movie version of Fences came out, uh I would have had to drive well well basically to Pittsburgh to see it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm so mm-hmm. I saw it during the Best Picture Showcase at AMC, which is probably the only good thing they do. I think it's like thirty bucks for you to get like four movies in that day. It's not terrible. Of course my yeah. seating was terrible. I had to sit in the, the front right corner. Because I didn't, I didn't get there quickly enough, apparently. I fucking hate my life. You know what sounds like the worst part of that experience? Going to AMC? Having to sit inside an AMC. <laughs> uh, our final trailer is The Voices of Fire. It, it's about uh, uh, people auditioning for a church choir. Let me tell you how much of a, a shit we give. We'll move over into quick hits now. (laughs) Caleb, what did you watch this week? I didn't, because me and Vanessa started playing Dungeons & Dragons as a couple's activity during... uh, COVID-19 lockdown. Okay. 
Uh, well, I finished The Last Dance. Uh, it was very interesting to watch. Uh, basically, I maintained the same thoughts that I had last week, in that if you're remotely interested in the Chicago Bulls uh, era of, like, the, the Michael Jordan era of the Chicago Bulls, watch it. Uh, if you have no interest at all, I mean, y- you might find something compelling out of this, and you might be like, oh, this is interesting, and then go about your life. Uh, either way, I recommend this. All right. Oh, sorry. Gerald. Gerald's losing his mind over the fact that Alfonso Cuaron directed a Harry Potter movie. <laughs> this is already the best movie, and I haven't pressed play. Okay, that's your... Okay. Okay, Gerald. Uh, okay. Okay, boomer. Uh, and then, for some reason, I don't know why, uh, I was in an anime mood, so I watched Kakaguri on Netflix, uh, and I posted a tweet about it, because I needed someone, and you understand, you understand my struggle with uh, more recent anime, and kind of, like, I guess anime in general, too, but uh, I will give you the general gist of what Kakaguri is about. Uh, does a guy grab a girl's boob unnecessarily and unprovoked and without consent? I will actually say that doesn't happen at all. There's no, okay. there's no casual sexual assault. And by casual sexual assault, I just mean like in anime, anytime there is, ca- there is sexual yeah, assault is relatively casual. It's just like, oh, I grabbed your boob. What an awkward situation. All right. On to the next thing. That's what I mean by that. I don't, I don't mean like sexual assault itself is casual. Uh, but I will get into what makes Kakaguri weird. Uh, so, it's basically about this private academy high school where uh, your social standing is determined by how good of a gambler you are. And this girl, uh, on hmm. her first day, is, is wants to challenge like like she's a compulsive gambler, and they say that many times throughout the series. And they want she wants to just gamble with everybody for the highest stakes because she loves the rush. Uh, so much so that she seems to get off to it sexually. And that's where the weird part okay. comes in. Uh, her and at least one other character sexually get off to the fact that they are gambling for such high stakes. Uh, it is very awkward during those points, but other, I feel like with anime, you almost have to ignore the, the perversion of it in order to like get to the real aspect of it. And like, is it good? Is it a good anime? It's probably a good anime. Uh, does the perversion take away from it a little bit? I mean, like I said, there's no sexual assault. So, I mean, on that level, good job. But it's still high school girls, like, grabbing their crotches, being like, oh, my God, I'm going to fucking come, basically, whenever they're they're gambling for something ridiculous. It's like, ah, I don't know about this one. Also, the intro and outro themes uh, both have highly show... Uh, focus on the main character's boobs and crotch. So I, I I got in the habit of skipping those because those are fucking weird. Despite the fact that the theme song is actually a fucking banger, it's a it's a nice jazz banger. But the problem is is that girls who are high school age behaving in a way that doesn't make sense for me, a thirty one year old man, to be looking at them, even though they're drawn. Uh. Kakaguri is a fucking mixed bag. Like, I like a lot of aspects of it, but it's also, like, weird. I don't know. I just need someone else to watch it to understand my strife, so. Uh, That said, I'll probably be watching season two because I'm a fucking masochist. (laughs) But yeah, I, I... If you can get past the perverted weirdness of it at times, it's not the entire time, because there's actual, like, plot going on. It's not just, like, boob and butt grabbing the whole, the whole time in fact there's none of that uh you will probably enjoy kakaguri so uh check it out if you are a weeb uh and other stuff okay maybe i will uh that is all i watched this week all right uh well why don't we cut into a quick break and when we come back we'll talk about our first main topic review nobody sleeps in the woods tonight The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our patrons, Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Justin Esquivel, Nate Wade, 
Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, Dan. It's time to get into one of two movies that I had us watch this week. Your track record had been good up until now. Yeah, you might uh you might want to take the responsibility back for a while. Um Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight is a 2020 horror thriller film uh from Poland. <laughs> It's a 4.8 out of 10 on IMDb, which I probably should have looked at first. <laughs> a slasher film where a group of teenagers arrive at a survival camp where they clash with two deformed cannibals. So, it's a bunch of kids. They kind of try to do a like a Friday the 13th type thing. Yep. Because they're at a camp. Yep. Uh, but it's a camp for people who are addicted to internet. So they, they're out with no phones, and that's how they get around, uh, you know, horror movies wouldn't be scary because everybody has a phone. This is correct. And there's two deformed cannibals that they've somehow never had a problem with, despite the fact that this camp's been going for a long time. It's... The, the twist is that there's two Jason Voorhees. They thought there was only one. So this, what, when did this come out? I think we're past the one month of, of spoiler, spoilerificness. I I think. Yeah, this came we, out October 28th. Okay, so we're we're not quite there. I'm willing to break that, but I still kind of want to put a spoiler. I don't think anybody's watching this except Gerald probably will when he hears about it. Ooh, let's find out. Let's, let's discuss uh, real quick what Gerald has been doing with his life. Uh, go to film. Uh, it's me and Ashley. We're the only two people who have watched this on Letterboxd. So Gerald hasn't even watched this yet. So Gerald, stop the episode now. Watch uh, Nobody Sleeps in the Woods tonight. Let me know what you think on our Harry Potter episode. <laughs> Tell you what I think. This is, this is a flaming pile of garbage. Okay. First thing. Uh, whenever the the killer slash monster uh shows up uh literally he steals one of Jason's kills yes uh he wraps a guy up in a in a sleeping bag and beats him against a tree to kill him I was like oh they're making a reference but then uh but then they do more Th- yeah they do more Jason kills like uh he feeds a kid into a wood chipper which was funny because the wood chipper wasn't on like there is no sound associated with it Oh, no, I heard sound. Well, I don't know. Maybe it was just, like, badly mixed. But, like, there was, like, a very faint, like, humming sound, but not, like, a wood chipper sound. Oh, yeah, it doesn't sound like anything's being chipped. It just sounds like it's kind of... It's just always, like... The sound it makes when it's chipping the the priest is the sound it always makes. So, therefore, yeah, it, it sounds like it's just not on. They also do... Uh, things were like, they're obviously dead and have been killed and have received multiple fatal wounds. And then, oh, there's a twist where they stand up after some time. Mm-hmm. To sequel. The sequel's called Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tomorrow Night. <laughs> See, that's the thing. It's like, you watch this movie and it's very clear they're doing a satire. Or, or at least, the, like... It seemed like they were going to do a satire, especially from watching the trailer. And then I'm like, but this movie isn't funny enough to be doing a satire. So it's like, are they just directly ripping off Friday the 13th then and just putting it in Poland around technology with no lake? Is is, is <sighs> well, that like, what they're doing? I definitely laughed during this movie, but it wasn't with, it was at. This this movie is startlingly incompetent. <laughs> There's that uh, speech that the camp counselor is doing at the beginning, and he's like hyper energetic, and I'm like, is okay, is am I supposed to be laughing at this? Like, is this supposed to be funny? I don't find it yeah. funny. Um, it just exists. 
I don't know what your experience was. You you probably did the the other thing that I did. I watched both of our movies this week uh in English dub with also English subtitles. Uh no, I do original language and English okay, subtitles. That's what and I thought. uh Japanese subtitles actually. There you go. So that way I have no idea what's happening. Itadagimasu. It's the only thing I know how to say in Japan. Nani? Japanese. Nani? That's just me the whole time. <laughs> I guess I know quite a few phrases in Japanese. Yeah, yes, you know uh, the the line from Fist of the North Star. I'm real proud of you. Zawaldo. Well, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess there is uh, also JoJo references that you could make. Konodioda. Paul's getting very angry right now with the 20 Japanese <laughs> words he knows. <laughs> uh, I just said, it was me, Dio. Well, of course you did. Why wouldn't you say that? Uh, back to this movie, I don't know. I, I guess a thing I did like is the gore. Uh, like, there's there's a couple, like, really cool kills, like, um, when the guy's talking about, like, him being gay and his, his dad just being completely oblivious to him being gay and his dad's basically a far right extreme or like he like it seems more likely he's a far right extremist than a gay guy uh and he's pouring out his soul to this girl who's just sitting there talking to him and then he finally looks over at her and she has a fucking pipe sticking out of her throat because the killer fucking rammed a pipe through the back of her head through her mouth yeah and uh because, like the final girl said earlier in the movie, like, a scene or two before that, like, if you have sex during the horror movie, Oh no, that was die. the nerd. Or that, that was Randy. Was, that was the nerd, yeah. Randy? We kept, Ashley and I kept calling him Randy every time he kept being like, no, you don't do this, not in a <laughs> horror movie. It's like, okay, Randy, shut the fuck up. That's a Scream reference. So, I mean, like... This movie's not funny enough and not good enough to be able to re- to reference other movies and, like, me not be like, well, those other movies do this way better than you. So, good job. You you played yourself. This might be a short episode. It's going to be a very short episode. The other kill I liked was uh, <laughs> when one of the mongoloids uh, bit the tongue of the kid and ripped it out of his mouth. Yeah, and then there was a three-minute-long scene of him trying to talk to the other girl. That was terrible. It took so long. Yeah. Although I did like him, like, like her crying and being like, I'm not killing you, and him being like, no, no, no. Fucking murder me already. Let's go. Yeah, well, he wanted to her to help kill him to, like, put him out of his misery. But, like, the way they go ahead with that is, like, the least, like quick and peaceful way for him to go yes because he's stabbed in the gut and they decide to finish it by just like twisting the knife around in the existing wound yes yes that is correct if i ever ask you to kill me please don't do it that way uh, i'm doing i'm doing uh i'm doing i'm going to stab you with a hundred knives and just leave them in there and just like turn them like a like 10 degrees clockwise every hour until you die that's that's the plan but then uh when you stab me with a hundred knives, I'll have uh, stuffed my clothes with a bunch of phone books ahead of time, which is also a JoJo reference. I mean, of course it is. All I'm saying is, like, I really, at some point, I need you to watch at least the Stardust Crusaders arc. Mm-hmm. Because holy fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I've been watching series uh, while working, so uh, I can tell you right now, it might be on the list. It might not be. Who knows? It depends on how I'm feeling whenever I watch stuff. Uh, That said, I'm not working for... I I have one day where I'm working this week at home, and then, you know, I'm good until fucking next Tuesday. So, uh, it's probably going to be a shit ton of movies. Okay. Clearly we're done talking about this movie. Caleb, do you have any final thoughts on what did you rate? Nobody sleeps in the woods tonight. I don't know why there is a Catholic priest in it and why he came to the camp to like uh sprinkle holy water on their phones and ask Jesus to get them to not be addicted to the internet. 
Because, like, this was supposed to be, like, a, a rehab camp or whatever, or yes. like, a summer camp. But I was like, oh, it's a cult. Well, that was the thing when, like, is this also supposed to be funny? Like, is this supposed to be part of the joke? Is that, you know, they they got a, a Catholic priest to yeah. bless their phones? It's like, uh, like a fucking conversion therapy camp, but it's like... I don't know what the I don't know what the right joke is there. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I was gonna I was gonna say something like pray the Facebook away, but I don't know. That's I'm trying enough. to think of something that rhymes with pray. Good enough. But I don't think there's an, a social media that fits that. No, there isn't. But uh, yeah, and then were they also making allusions to the Catholic priest also being a pedophile? Is that is that what the the scene was in in the church? I'm pretty sure. I, the whole time he was there, I was like, "Is he gonna fuck these kids?" Uh, I mean, I mean, it's like low hanging fruit at this point. Like, I feel like anytime you put a Catholic priest in a movie, it's like, "Up, oh, they're a pedophile." Like, and I get it. The Catholic <laughs> Church deserves, except shit for on. ironically, the two popes, the most Catholic movie ever. That's true, but uh, I'm, I just, I just can't, I just can't with like. At some point, a Catholic priest, you know, doesn't have to be a pedophile in your media, which is kind of why I found it refreshing in Daredevil when they, you know, his main Catholic priest was not a pedophile in any way, shape, or form. Well, that's the thing, is, like, Catholic priests are always pedophiles or Irish and, like, really into fighting. Por que no las dos? Oof. <laughs> Uh, what what would you give this movie? And uh, it's like two. Okay. Uh, I found it very boring. I was on my phone quite a lot during this movie. Uh, it gets a one and a half. Uh, the half is for the gore effects, because the the kills were actually fun, uh, except for when they kept referencing Jason. Yeah, I gave it a two because there was boobs in it. Oh fuck yeah, there were boobs. I forgot about the boobs. Good for her. That's what I said. I said good for her. Do you want to hear some IMDb plot keywords for this movie? Oh, yeah, sure. Please tell me boobs is one. Yeah. Uh, Plot keywords. Serial killer. Female nudity. Camp. Gay character. Backwoods slasher. Twins. Pedophile priest. Male rear nudity. Uh... Female breast nudity. What? Man in shower. Lake. There was a lake? Well, they had sex by a lake. I, I guess that's true. I don't think that the lake is really relevant to the plot. I don't know why that's a plot keyword. It's true. <laughs> Female breast nudity is such a strong descriptor. It's great. Okay. Uh, so with that, Caleb, it is time to take a quick break, and when we come back, it is time for another short review of another Netflix international horror movie in Cadaver. Get ready for the new sitcom, Balls a Crown. Everything was coming up roses for Bradley and Cameron until... I could just lie here with you in our home forever. I think we should see other people. As if that wasn't tragic enough. Rent has gone up higher than annual passes at Disney World. They have a plan. Turning this place into a brothel. We could get a roommate. Into Allison and Dylan. Endless sexual escapades. A whole new men into home office. <laughs> Join these 30-somethings as they face the challenges of balancing careers and dating after 29. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it is time to get into our main topic to review, Electric Boogaloo for Cadaver. Cadaver is a 2020 drama horror thriller film. Uh, Comes in at a tight hour and 26 minutes, and it is a 5.1 out of 10 on IMDb, only 0.1 stars behind Tall Girl. In the starving aftermath of a nuclear disaster, a family of three attends a charitable event at a hotel, which takes a dark turn when people start to disappear. Uh, what did you think of Cadaver? Good question. It's fine, ultimately. I like aspects of it. I like that it's trying to say something. 
Uh, I mean, ultimately, it's a a movie where they're in a post-apocalyptic universe where nuclear strikes have happened for some reason, and uh, they're offered this opportunity to go to this swanky-ass hotel that it really looks like the Grand Budapest, and then uh, they get to eat food, but they, you know, they they don't know what's going on because uh, apparently no one thinks of to ask, you know, oh. I didn't see any livestock on the property. Where did you possibly procure all this meat? Uh, spoilers. This is the second cannibal movie we watched this week. Um, I liked quite a few things about this movie. Sure. Uh, ultimately, it is fine. Correct. I like that they don't spend a lot of time saying like, hey, this is what happened that caused the world to end it's just like all right here's the premise go here's the story we're telling um a good horror movie is about an hour and a half and Mm -hmm. this comes in slightly under that so it doesn't waste any of your time it just kind of does its thing and uh i don't know i appreciate that i i like a good concise horror movie as far as the plot itself um there's a lot of interesting little twists and turns, but like there's a lot of parts also where it drags where just kind of nothing's happening. Yeah, I felt like this could have been a short movie. Uh, it, it like, you know, 60 minutes or so, which like I haven't talked about it on here, but there's that uh Shutter original host where it's basically like they're they're on a Zoom call with like an exorcism and shit's happening around them and that movie is about I think 56 minutes. And it feels like that's the next step of horror is to get even shorter and tell more concise stories that are stronger because you don't have to pad so much. Yeah, so I guess uh, go over the plot a little bit. So this family is living in this town. Apparently, like, there's a hotel where they do, like, dinner and a show Mm -hmm. and everybody gets a free meal. You just got to come out. Be entertained. We'll give you a break from dealing with the horrors of the world. Um, apparently they had been doing this for a while, and just these people had, had not heard of it. I guess. Yeah, it's weird. Like this show happens, and everyone's like, "Huh, nobody who went to that show came back last night." What a weird. Well, that's that's yeah. weird, isn't it? But I guess like they're stepping over bodies on in the middle of the street, so they're just like, "Eh, they probably just died due to some reason." So this couple take their kid there, and basically, like, they eat, then, like, some actors come out and do some monologues, and, like, rather than having a formal stage production, uh, the story happens throughout the house. So there's different characters, and people split up and follow the characters that they're interested in, mm-hmm. and uh, it it turns out to be a, a ploy by them to separate everybody, and they have, you know, people be standing and watching. They push a button, the floor drops out, and they disappear and are taken to elsewhere in the house. Yeah. Uh, the, the the hotel has many tunnels where people can just fall into yeah. and be taken over by uh, people much larger than them. That's one thing that I liked a lot about this is just, like, the design of the house and, like, the general aesthetic. Like, oh, yeah. It's cool. It reminds you of, uh, I don't know, like the Winchester Manor or something, you know, out there like such. Yeah, it's like the the hotel itself is a character. Like, it it has its own personality. Like, uh, and Ashley pointed this out, too. So to give her the original thought quote, but I mean, honestly, anybody with half a brain can think of this. uh, The first time you really see actual color is when they step inside. Like, everything else is outside is like dreary drab gray you know muted colors yeah they have like a a color filter over the lens to make it super drab yeah and then everything like seems more vibrant in the hotel as as like a comparison uh so her daughter goes missing so Mm -hmm. the film is about her trying to find her daughter and she stumbles onto the fact that uh people are falling into these tunnels and being grabbed by big burly boys and Taken to a back room and butchered. And that she's already eaten people. It's people! 
It reminded me a lot of um, uh, chapter two of season one of The Walking Dead. Where uh, is that chapter two or is that chapter three? Where they go to that farm with the the mom and the two sons. Who it's like, how are we eating oh, yeah. meat? There's only one cow on the farm. Oh yeah, that thing. Yeah. Clementine, don't eat it. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, this, this meat's delicious. Fucking idiot. <laughs> I got a court order that says you can't eat dude anymore. Eat that guy's fucking legs. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I like, there, there's a lot of personality to the aesthetic. Like, they, they do a lot of tracking shots. There's one shot they do twice where it's basically like it focuses on the main character and, like, pans around her. Uh, and then it follows her down a hall. I thought that was interesting. Did you kind of glean anything from the paintings specifically? Like, uh, did did were you were you feeling the symbolism? Well, yeah, the theme is lambs to the slaughter. Um, I kind of guess the gimmick where it's like there's uh, you know, people can move behind it, and you know, there's like peepholes and all that. Mm. Um. But yeah, the general aesthetic is uh, it's a bunch of like lambs being slaughtered or um, like a lamb's head on a plate. And there's also one where there's a there's a wolf and he's like next to like a killed lamb. So you have that as well. I, I, I like that this movie took a chance with trying to say something as opposed to, you know, something like, I don't know. Nobody sleeps in the woods tonight, which I have no idea what it's yeah. trying to do other than be like, ah, we're a generic slasher movie that isn't very good. This at least was like, hey, we're doing social commentary. Yeah, this is about people in positions of power exploiting the the helpless. That's as deep as the commentary goes, really. Yeah, except for the end, which uh, when do, when did this come out? Was this early in October? I feel like this is early in October, so I feel like we're past the spoiler point. Um, came out. Basically the week before Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Night, the 22nd. Perfect. Perfect. So we, one we... month ago to the date as of recording. All right, so uh, here here's the spoiler for it. Uh, the end when she gets out after her husband dies and she takes her daughter with her. Uh, I, I kind of like that like triumphant music blast of like, hey, we fucking survived. But then she walks outside and you look at everything and you're like, oh. <laughs> it's a fucking blasted wasteland. And she looks back at the hotel and it's like literally in a beam of light. That's yeah. parting the clouds. Yeah, I, I, I love that. Like it's it's nail on the head, but it's like man, that was that's that's such a cool juxtaposition because it's like you're you're trading a literal hell for a, a second literal hell. Like that's all you've done there. Like you could have had a decent life yeah. if you And I guess it says more about her as a person, but out of the frying pan and all that. Yeah. So I, I, I Which did like literally that. Out of the frying pan and into the fire of the nuclear apocalypse. Correct. So, uh, I have nothing else to say regarding uh, yeah. regarding this movie. It uh, I'm glad it wasn't more than that. You know what I mean? Like it just kind of was. Like you can tell what this movie is going into it, pretty much. Yes. But like, they hold back the actual cannibal reveal for as long as they can afford to and then like it just kind of is that yeah you're half expect like you're you're expecting it like i i watched the trailer and i went up oh, so in the greenest people okay and i so i kind of knew that going in but like if you're going in fresh to this you're just like oh well i i guess that could be people and like the other thing is is you don't know like i don't feel like you know what's actually going on until like the third act like people are just disappearing and you're like that's weird. Why are all the people disappearing? What's going on here? So, like, there's still that mystery aspect to it. It's just, like, it becomes uh, plainly obvious whenever the third act hits. So, which, you know, it should. It's a, it's a horror movie. It should reveal all mm-hmm. of its hand uh, for that. Yes. What would you give it? Like three, I guess. Yeah, I'm also going three. It's fine. Which, like... I guess technically is a recommend for a horror movie. Like, that's eh, fine. <laughs> you know, you can't. Yeah. If you're, if you're getting sixes on horror movies on IMDb, you're doing all right. I mean, this is 5.4, but uh, yeah. whatever. I don't think there were any boobs in this. No boobs. I don't think. But uh, there was like some side butt of a chick that was getting railed 
Yeah. I did also like the third act reveal of like, hey, this is what they're doing. Here's the gimmicks they're using in order to get people to stand in a specific spot for them to fucking get flung down a, a, a hole. Yeah. Like uh, when when that chi- when that guy's railing that chick and he's just like up against the painting. It's like, oh, there's these three people. Up oh, here we go. Push the button. Huh. All right, cool. Uh, so with that, it's time to talk about what we're doing next week. Caleb, what are we doing next week? Uh, next week we're watching Hillbilly Elegy, uh, followed by a cautionary tale of Netflix, which. Uh, I refuse to have anything to do with because I fucked up this week so bad. It's true. Uh, I did not foresee this, but I'm uh, now looking. Uh, I will say, based off of all of the reviews that have happened so far, Hillbilly Elegy or Elegy might wind up being the cautionary tale of Netflix as it is because that is a Oof. big old twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. It didn't look good. I didn't know why everybody was going gaga over it. Because Amy Adams and Glenn Close in one movie, and neither of them have won an Oscar yet, Caleb. (sighs) Neither of them really should. Mr. Controversial Opinion. (laughs) One of them was Cruella DeVille, and the other one was the girlfriend in the Muppets movie. And that's like the only thing that I can think of either of them being in right now. Uh, Glenn Close was also in The Devil Wears Prada, and Amy, Amy Adams is in many movies. Uh, she is going to be in the she's in The Master, which we're going to watch in two weeks' time. She was in uh, what the Arrival? No, yes, not Arrival. Yes, Arrival. Was it Arrival? It was okay. Arrival. Uh, the other movie you're thinking of is Annihilation, and that was Natalie Portman. No, I was thinking there's a. Uh, I think it might be called The Arrival. Uh, There was a Charlie Sheen alien movie, like, back in the 90s, and it was pretty bad. Let me Google that. Well, yeah, you said Charlie Sheen. But the fact that there's a movie called The Arrival about aliens and a movie called Arrival about aliens uh, really fucking throws me off. Yep, The Arrival, 1996. Man, what a fucking shitbag movie. Actually, um, I do have something, if I may, that we could that I could submit for a third segment. Okay. Um, so I was talking to my sister earlier, and she was telling me about uh, because we were talking about like crazy, dangerous rednecks because of you know America, and she was telling me about <laughs> this dude. It, it's a real person. Uh, named Marvin Hemeyer, who apparently got so mad that he got like a tw- like a twenty five hundred dollar fine from the city for like not being hooked up to sewage and like various other things. Like he hated the government and he was also like an actual crazy person. Uh, that he decided to armor a. Uh, a bulldozer that he owned and turned it into a tank and destroyed like 14 buildings. Uh, and there is a documentary about this that is on Netflix called tread. And I kind of want to watch it cause it sounds fucking insane. All right. So we could either watch tread or we could watch knock, knock a devoted husband and father on his own for the weekend has his life turned inside out after giving shelter to two young women during a storm stars Keanu Reeves, Lorena Izzo and Anna de Armas. Oh my. It's a 4.9 out of 10 on IMDb. That's only 0.3 stars lower than tall girl. Would it be wild to do both? Let me see how long tread is. Uh, this knock knock is a hundred a hundred minutes. So, uh, tread is eighty nine minutes. That's about three hours of content. Again, well, it'd be four and a half. Mm-hmm. Well, I I assume Hillbilly Elegy is like two two and a half hours. So, because Ron Howard can't help but insist upon himself. It's true. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I will. Uh... I will defer to you. Oh man, I don't. I don't have the right to choose. 
We could also watch John Henry starring Terry uh, I Cruz. tried to. I tried to, and it wasn't. If it's the thing I was thinking of, it was not good. Mm. I shut it off after like three minutes. That's fair. And also, I guess Colby Mack said he hated it. All right, let's do this. We'll save Tread for later this later in December, and we'll just do Knock Knock this week. All right, that works. Is there anything else your sister would like us to watch? <laughs> if so, she can become a patron of our show at patreon.com slash Netflix yeah. Swill, where you can make us watch whatever you want once a quarter for $5 a month. I know she listens to the show, or at least had... She she at least likes the photo on Facebook every time I post from Instagram, because I'm too lazy to post to Facebook, so I'm just like, <laughs> fuck it, Instagram post. Uh, speaking of which, you can find us on NetflixandSwell.com. Uh, that takes you to everywhere, our Patreon page, our links to our show, our social medias, and that's about it. That's all the useful stuff that you need to find for the show. Uh, leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts, that'd be great, because we need them. Uh, by visiting netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. So it takes you directly to our Apple Podcast page. Thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter. Zen, I'm not bitter at you for making me watch either of these things this week. Uh, to err is human. To forgive is also human. Uh, the possibilities of human action are a multitude. Okay. <laughs> until next week this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday 